Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Oh, yes, it's late night and the feeling's right. Oh, yes, it's late night. Oh, what a night. Oh, what a night. Oh, yes, it's the coolest voice. He has got the coolest voice. We saw them in concert a couple years ago. I mean, none of the same front people, but it was still the band. It was great music. Thanks for being here. Appreciate the time as always. Um, talking about the elections, I talked about this earlier today, and I, I want to kind of go down the same road. Big changes happening in media. We're going to get back to it if you're just jumping in the car, if you've been not checking your phone. Tucker Carlson out at Fox News. Same day, Don Lemon fired at CNN. Opposite ends of the political spectrum on both networks, but both out of a job. We're going to talk more about that as the day goes on. But what now about the presidential race? Uh, most Democrats do not want Biden to run for re-election. They're not upset with the work he did. They they stand by his work. The vast majority of Democrats like the direction the country's going. Republicans and most independents don't, but the Democrats do. On the other side of this, 70% of people say that they don't want Donald Trump to run for president again, including 63% of independents. So the American public does not want to see a rematch if you ask them right now. They don't want to see a rematch of Trump versus Biden. Um, will it happen? I don't know. Because as much as you hear, this is how it works. And I'm not even, none of this is bad or good. It's just how it works. If Trump is the nominee, the vast majority of Republicans are going to vote for him. If Biden runs for re-election and he wins the primary, the vast majority of Democrats will vote for him. What will independent voters do? And that's a great question. Um, I think there is more to this poll than meets the eye. There are people that are upset that want to be involved, and they're able to be involved without the vehicle of political parties. I want you to let that sink in for a moment. So if you want to make a little cross-reference, we're looking at what changes are happening in the media business right now. People have choices. If you look at some of the people that have been let go from networks and look what they've gone on to do, um, they are finding out that they don't need networks. And the networks are finding out that those people are going on to great success because their fans are finding them where they are. This has been the rumor in the industry for a long time that the traditional way of delivering things, you know, here on the show, I love when people listen to the show. I appreciate it very much. There are a lot of people that listen to the podcast because it's more convenient for them. We offer different ways for people to consume the shows because we understand people now have different um, abilities uh, to listen in different times they can. So we want to make it as convenient for people to consume what we offer Um, wherever you are. We want you to listen when you can, how you can. That's good business. When you look at the political parties, they haven't subscribed to that yet. They haven't decided that the customers are always right and that people should be uh, catering to the customer. And I mean the Republican voter, the Democrat voter. They have had one way of doing things. Their way is the way it is. And if you don't abide by their way, get out. We heard those words during the election cycle. And I think that people are saying, okay, when you didn't have another option, 
If you were a Republican voter, if you were a conservative, the vehicle you had was the Republican Party. With all due respect to libertarians, I'm just saying that it was the Republican Party was the vehicle. And the same for the Democrats. If you were a liberal – you could, there were people that joined the Green Party or some of these other things, but it was the Democratic Party. And it was a Democrat and a Republican that headed off or faced off in every one of the races. And so you rode the train. You either rode the Republican train or the Democrat train. And younger people, and they're not so young anymore, that have grown up in this age of digital media and other things are saying, we, listen, we're, we are now adults. We've got families. We are invested in our community. We have a whole different view of what schools should be now that we're parents. We have a different view of taxation. Uh, We have a different view of this and how our tax dollars should be spent. And so you've got staunch liberals and staunch conservatives that are a different generation now that are looking at the political parties and say, you don't do us any good. Any good at all. And they're leaving. In droves, and they're leaving successfully, meaning they still are engaged in the process. They still understand candidates. I will tell you, I have been saying this for years to my friends in the Republican Party. Unless we change the electorate, we will never change the elected. Ever. The same people that are getting elected are getting elected by the same people that continue to vote for them. There's a reason why Dianne Feinstein is still a senator in California, even though her faculty seem to be leaving her. There's a reason why Nancy Pelosi has been there as long as she is. Uh, Mitch McConnell, as long as he was there. You look at people and how long they've been there. It's because the same people keep voting for them. If you look at the Congress as a whole, the Congress is an immensely unpopular body, but the reelection rate is overwhelming. Unless you do something amazingly bad, you get reelected. But what you have are opinionated people that don't like the process and they feel as when they try. And I know people that have tried. I was one of them. Believe me, I was one of them that got deeply involved in party politics. I did. Became a precinct committeeman, was the uh, district secretary for a short time, and I left. I didn't leave voting. I didn't leave the party. I left the politics. I did not want to have that I want to be a big fish in a little pond fight every month at a meeting. I didn't want to go in there and be told not to disrupt the apple cart because we don't do things that way. This is what we do. This is how we do it. This is who we support. This is how we support them. Get on board or get out. So I got out. Out I went. And uh, that doesn't mean, as you can tell, I've never lost my stance on issues. I've never lost my connection to the Republican voting. I am still a registered Republican voter. I am just no longer a member of the party. And I respect the heck out of most of the people there. And the people that still volunteer and still go to the events and still wave the signs and still put the bumper stickers on their car, I admire them. But you need more people, and to get more people, you need to be more open. And to be more open, you have to allow other ideas to come in and let them do things and change things. The comparison to a church is exactly an accurate one. There are there are churches in this in this area. I guarantee you, you may go to one of them. It's the same fifty people every Sunday morning at church, and they like it that way. 
because a new person might come in and you'll walk in on a Sunday morning and they're sitting in your seat. That's where I always sit. Do you go over and tell them, hey, get out of my seat? Or God forbid you go and sit in a different seat and hope to get there early next Sunday and sit in the seat before they get there? I don't want to change. I like the music the way it is. I like sitting where I sit. I like how this is. We don't want to change. New people want to do new things. And if you come in and you're new, you can come. Sit in the back. Be quiet. This is how we do things. And that's a church that's dying. And that's the way political parties are. When you go into a local political realm, that's what happens. Not all the time. It's not exclusive. There are some groups. I go out into Mesa a bunch and I speak to the Mesa Republican Women's Group. Hundreds of women once a month at a lunch. Fantastic group. Always welcoming new people. So I'm not saying everybody does it, but that's the attitude. And you're seeing people are paying a price for it. Coming up in a moment, uh, we are going to talk about interest rates and the economy. Yep, they're going up again. It's all coming up in just a moment. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much. Um, the Fed has raised interest rates a 25 basis points in their last meeting. So, what does this mean? Uh, when I, the reason why I asked that question is because, you know, uh, we're seeing the American people credit is harder to get. This was going to be part of the plan. So, when the fallout happens, it's not necessarily unexpected. It's just how bad is it going to be? So, let me explain how this works. Uh, I shouldn't have to say that. I mean, I don't mean to say I have to explain something you don't understand. But someone that's been in this position before, um, you get a line of credit. I did it with a HELOC. I did a home equity line of credit. But you get a line of credit. So if you have to pay bills and you haven't been paid yet and it's there is a in, in contracting, there is a you have a net time frame. Some businesses are net 15 or net 30. In other words, um, you bill a contractor and you get paid in 30 days. That's expanded out to 60, 90, in some cases, even 120 days, depending on the job you're on. So I want you to think about that as how you would do this as a small business. You're paying your employees every week. You've got material costs and fuel costs and overhead costs that you're paying ahead of time. Now, all that is factored into the price of a job. But if it's a job that's sizable for you and you're talking about the cost for you on that job is around $100,000 and every month you're billing part of that job, but you're not getting paid for 90 days after billing, which is actually 120 days after the work was done. That is a very hard nut to crack for businesses that are just starting up that don't have a lot of cash. They don't have the cash in the bank to fund those jobs until you get paid by a general contractor. So people dip into their lines of credit. When you are seeing happening a couple of things that have happened, one is interest rates continue to go up. We've seen the bank failures that have happened. There's going to be new regulation, and right now there are a lot of banks that are seeing how tight the market is out there and how expensive it's getting and how difficult it is and how shaky businesses are, and they're not going to extend credit. There are going to be jobs, construction jobs that don't get funded because they can't get the capital that was easy to get a couple of years ago. And so this is where you start seeing those companies that may be doing very good work but are on shaky ground financially, meaning they don't have a built – they're not built up with a lot of cash. That if something were to go sideways, they can live off that cash until they get paid. 
It's kind of like living paycheck to paycheck as an employee. It happens to you when you're younger, and hopefully you learn your lesson as you get older so that if you lose a job or, there, um, God forbid, there's an injury or an illness – that you can live for a while, that taking a week off work because of a surgery doesn't put you in such financial hardship you're concerned about homelessness. But if you think about that in your personal finance, that's what's happening to a lot of businesses. That's just one piece of this. We're seeing failures. Uh, I talk about the website Zero Hedge quite a bit. I think it's a great website to go to. Uh, Zero Hedge has a story about the five things that they warned about that are happening, five economic disasters we warn you about in advance that are happening right now. And uh, you know, going over them would be – some of them make perfect sense, but it's so in the weeds for some, some of the things on the list. But now our gas prices here in the Valley – are higher than L.A. And um, people in Arizona are asking why. And I will say to you that that is we should have been asking this question a long time ago. Um, we've seen things happen when there's a disruption in delivery. Years and years ago here in Arizona, there was a pipeline that was – that where the majority of the fuel that came into the valley, this pipeline had a break. And so getting gas to the valley was difficult, and overnight gas spiked, and it stayed that way for, for a week or so until that pipe was fixed. Uh, the infrastructure part of this and making sure the delivery of the fuel we need is, is possible, we should be looking at that all the time. This is where – when I talk about leadership, it is federal leadership. There's no doubt. Out, but it's also local and state leadership that we have got to be working on the major things that this state needs. That's, in, in my opinion, all of the other ancillary things are big issues to some people. I get it. No doubt about it. I understand people are upset. But the main job of our leaders are to make sure that that infrastructure is solid, that we have the power grid we need for the growth we have, the water that we need for the growth we have, the infrastructure, whether it's the fuel lines, whatever it is, to make sure that we can operate with the growth that's coming. That's what stops from growing pains. I talk about intentional growth so much. Arizona has done a good job of intentional growth, but along with that, we've watched the freeway expansion. So we've watched the things above the ground have expanded well. What about the things you can't see? Those underground pipelines. How about the radio system? And I've got to get an update on this. Uh, I know that a few years ago, the radio system, the statewide radio system that's operated by DPS was so antiquated, it was almost embarrassing. And you're talking about a radio system that is the lifeline for troopers in a rural area and the lifeline for the state in an emergency. That's something that our legislature needs to get on. So does our governor. It should have done this a long time ago. And I think they may have addressed it. But making sure that we have what we need, the 911 system in your town so that you can text or they can find you on your cell phone if you're incapacitated or whatever the, the, the latest is so that emergency response gets to you in a timely manner and the cities are updating those things. And I think the command centers for tragedies and for, uh, you know, for natural disasters, are we making sure that infrastructure and those are the things that they're important, that's important for our legislator, legislature to do, our local and state government to do. And are they focusing on it? These are great questions. And part of the reason that we aren't getting the reason why our fuel is so expensive is delivery and refining. So we should be asking why that is. I think it's a valuable question. So we're going to talk gun control, public safety and guns. It's a huge topic. I gave statistics earlier this morning that I think are unbelievable. I'll let you hear them again next.
news and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Julie, are you familiar with Holland Oaks? Thank God. Thank God for that. I didn't want to hear the generational gap be that big. Just making sure. You know, I do love music as much as the next I, I know you do. I know you do. But you didn't know who Boy George was. Okay. I just, but I'm saying I, there, is a, there is a generational thing. Because I guarantee you, you could name eight people that are on the top of the charts right now. I have no idea who they are. You could make up names and I would have to agree with you. I am disconnected from pop culture. Like Lizzo? I know who Lizzo is, but I don't know a song. Oh, okay. I told you my Cardi B story. So (laughs) that was was a true story. So uh, anyway, by the way, the best song they ever did was Sarah Smile. One of the coolest songs ever. All right. Anyway, um, I have in front of me statistics that I think you will find unbelievable. The, the question about guns and gun control, and I, I'm, the reason why I'm doing this is because I want solutions to our problems of violence as much as anyone else. I think this has to do with, if not mental illness, and in many cases it is, severe mental illness that lends itself to violence. Now, there are people, and I want to be very clear about this, mental illness does not equate directly to violence. It's just like any other illness. When you say, I'm sick, you could say, I've got a cold. My allergies are bothering me. Or you could be you could be getting ready to tell somebody you've been diagnosed with a serious illness. So that is a broad term. The same with mental illness. And so I do not want to stigmatize that when someone says mental illness, it means you should be afraid of them. But we do understand that there are some people that suffer from mental illness that is dangerous, danger to themselves, danger to other people, especially if they're not medicated or medicated improperly. Uh, There's emotional illness. There are people that are so emotionally dysfunctional or devoid that they can actually commit acts of violence and they have no conscience about it whatsoever. We understand all of that's true. So we continue to have a conversation about the firearms themselves, which is the mechanism that's being used. And I don't think that you will ever legislate anything that will do a, make a, a significant difference in this. And you are going to be violating good people's rights. So here's the statistic. Keep these in mind. This goes back to a 2017 study because this is when the study was done. I've got numbers on requests for recently as last month. But this is about the year 2017, fiscal year 2017. There was 8.6 million background check transactions for firearms. 8.6 million that year. There were 112,000 denials. 112,090 to be exact, but 112,000 denials. Now, you got to remember being denied or trying to get a gun when you are not allowed to have one as a convicted felon is against the law. You can't do it. Of those 112,000, only 12,000 of them were investigated. I want you to think about that. Only 12,000 of them were investigated. And of the investigations, only 12 were prosecuted. I want you to think about that. Either we have got a system that is so good that only 12 people in America tried to get guns that were prohibited from having them. Or they're not able to go after all of the people that are already breaking laws. 
Um, if you lie to the ATF on a gun purchase form, according to a study here that goes back to 2022, there are few prosecutions. Um ATF Houston office led a swarm of Twitter users to ask why Bureau didn't charge Hunter Biden. And this was that's political, but he did. He did falsely buy a gun. Why wasn't he prosecuted? It's a 10 year penalty, by the way, in some cases. Lying on a form is a felony punishable by 10 years in prison for being a user of an unlawful drugs in possession of a firearm. But according to the newly revealed Justice Department records, odds of being charged for lying on this form are virtually non-existent. In 2019... Federal prosecutors received 478 referrals for lying on the form to get a gun. They filed just 298 cases, and out of that, 27 million background checks undertaken in a 12-month period. Um, In 2018, 444 referrals, 271 cases. 2020, 433 referrals, 243 cases. So isn't it interesting? You've got felons. That are lying on the forms to get guns. These are people that are absolutely committing crimes and they're not being prosecuted. And yet the answer in the minds of some about guns is to to create new laws that affect me. I don't lie on the forms. I have a concealed carry permit. I've gone an extra step where I've been fingerprinted for a background check to have a concealed carry permit. It expedite the process for me, but I've gone through an extended background check in order to have that permit. I don't violate gun laws. And so why is it why should it be more difficult for me? Now it's not that it's not me saying poor me. But I want you to think that what you are doing is you are focusing on pieces of legislation where people like myself pay attention. I'll give you one example. When Arizona changed its laws years ago where you don't have to have a concealed carry permit to carry a concealed weapon. In other words, in Arizona, if you legally own a handgun, you can conceal it without a concealed carry permit. Well, um, there. if you have a concealed carry permit, one of the advantages to having it is something called reciprocity, meaning that I can carry my concealed weapon permit with me and carry a concealed weapon in many states that reciprocate with the Arizona law, much like a driver's license. States are not required like they are with a driver's license, but many of them do have reciprocal, you know, reciprocation. So Florida is one of them. Nevada was one of the states that had a reciprocity. With Arizona, when Arizona changed its law, Nevada dropped Arizona. Now, they may have gone back, but Arizona was dropped from that reciprocity, meaning all of you that would get in your vehicles on the weekend and go to Vegas thinking that because you had a concealed carry permit and you were legally storing a firearm the way you do with a concealed carry permit, you were breaking the law and you didn't know it. You all of a sudden became uh, someone that could be in a lot of trouble. But here you've got all of these people that are specifically are intentionally lying on the forms to try to get a firearm and virtually no one is getting prosecuted. Yet you want to continue to make more laws that make it harder for law abiding citizens. That doesn't make any sense. You are attacking the wrong problem. And that's the only issue I have with this. All right. Coming in in a moment, AOC says we need to regulate Fox News, but what's interesting about this is this has more to do with the big news of the day. We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment.
strong values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with us on the show. We have got the hottest tickets in town. Of course, they are Suns playoff tickets. If you text the word TICKET to 411923, you are on the list. We are calling names at 7 a.m., at 11 a.m., and 4 p.m., today and tomorrow. And uh, you will be registered if you call in within 10 minutes if you hear your name. So it's a chance for you to be registered to win Suns tickets. Text the word TICKET to 411923. Uh, free speech, uh, it's something that, uh, again, this has been protected forever. I've gone down this whole road with people before. Um, what you can and can't say seems pretty obvious to me. It, you know, being offended, I, I laugh at being offended. I've gotten offended by things people say, but that's just, it makes it my turn. I love, I think, stand-up comedy is one of the most brilliant forms of art that exists. If I could ever have been a stand-up comedian, I would have loved it. And I love the greats. I love the great stand-up comedians. And they're offensive. And they're able to take something that is tragic and make it funny for a moment. That doesn't mean they think the subject matter is funny. They are able to make you laugh at something sometimes because what they say is so absurd. Um, we realize that there are things that are done now that couldn't have been done 20 years ago and vice versa. Um, and I was just watching some of the old Dean Martin roasts. I watched Foster Brooks roast um, Sammy Davis Jr. I watched Foster Brooks roast Don Rickles. And there are things that were said that you could never say now. It just couldn't happen. Um, Andrew Dice Clay, the Dice Man back in the 80s. Uh, you just couldn't do that act now. I mean, that's not true. He does still do that act, and he still has a lot of audiences. But it wouldn't be the superstar hit that it is now. But you look at people like Dave Chappelle, and you look at people like Bill Burr and Ron White, and some of the things that they say are so out of, out of control and hilarious. But then they're criticized, and people want to cancel them for saying it. Free speech is, is being attacked as hate speech. If you disagree with somebody now, they shouldn't be able to say it. But you get to dictate what that hateful speech is. You can make fun of certain people. You can say horrible, hateful things to some people, but you can't say them to others. And if we are that group in charge, we get to dictate what hate speech is. AOC... This is one of the scariest things in this headline that AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, believes that because Fox News lies, Fox News lied, and Tucker Carlson, who's been – well, he's, he's parted ways. I was going to say he, he got – he was fired. I don't know the what, what happened, but he was – this morning the announcement came out suddenly that uh, Fox News has parted ways with Tucker Carlson. Don Lemon – has been fired by CNN, his words. Um, been controversy of whether or not it was done the right way, according to Lemon. But they're both gone from those networks. Um, AOC wanted Fox News and wanted um, uh, Tucker Carlson, thought that they should be, um, they should be uh, regulated. Ocasio-Cortez, Tucker Carlson, Fox News incite violence. We need to explore regulating them. I, I want you to think of the implications of any member. I don't care what party they're from. Any member of the United States Congress saying something as absurd as that. And you don't think it's absurd. I will tell you that there are a lot of people that think on moral grounds that people have done and said some very horrible, immoral things. And they've wanted them shut down. And they have been, every one of them have been defended.
Uh, I, I will talk. I've, I've mentioned this many times. Go look up the artwork of, a, of an artist known named Maplethorpe. Go look up Maplethorpe's art. Don't do it with your kids around. Probably shouldn't do it from your work computer. But go and look what constitutes art to many people. And it was subsidized partially by the National Endowment of the Arts, which really f- infuriated people that were conservative Christians in America. But it was protected. First Amendment protections were in place because that expression was supposed to incite anger and frustration and feelings and emotion. And it's seen as art. Well, I would say stand up comedy is a form of art. And I would say that uh, Dave Chappelle's a Picasso. It is a brilliant talent to be able to do what they do. To hear a Dave Chappelle um, weave a story and take you down a road that makes you laugh at something you might not otherwise, but at the same time make you think about why you're laughing. Ron White, Bill Burr. You look at some of the brilliant comedians that are out there, and there are some of them. George Carlin from the previous generation was somebody that was such a wordsmith, and he would make you laugh at the absurdity of the American language. Why do we drive on a driveway and park on a parkway? Um you know, uh, when planes almost collide, it's not a near miss, it's a near hit, that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, it, he was a, he was brilliant at it. But when you say something controversial, the idea that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says Fox News is inciting violence, but other organizations she agree with aren't. They're just telling the truth. But when those people get violent, they have a very good reason if you agree with her. If you disagree with her, violence is a bad thing. And that idea that anybody in the United States Congress would be advocating, advocating for regulating anybody like that shows you how far we've come in this country. To call it hate speech and it needs to be regulated. First you marginalize it, then you call it dangerous. Then you get rid of it. And I just hope we never go down that road ever. What we're going to do just after 11 o'clock is we're going to talk about the presidential run. Do we want to see a rematch of 2020? We'll give you the details.